I am Blake. I'm Caleb. This is the Sunday Underground. Um, let's see. Today we are going to talk about the history of punishment and torture. <laughs> okay. I added some more. I've been working on this one for a while. We did the recording, but got messed up. And so yeah. I went back over it and added some more little tidbits of information for you. Right, 2.0. Yes. All right. So I guess we could just get into it, get started. So hundreds and hundreds of years ago, punishment and torture were the norm for major offenses and in most cases, minor offenses as well. There was no slap on the wrist or jail time. There was just straight up torture. And today I'm going to be telling you about some of the methods that were used. But I'm going to tell you a little bit of the history first before we get to the types of punishment. Okay. So when we think of torture, we usually think of the Middle Ages, but it actually started a lot earlier than that. Torture goes as far back as ancient Greece, and they've used it as a necessary means to exact justice, teach a lesson, or the most obvious one, to kill someone. But they also thought it was inhumane, unless you were a slave. It was mostly reserved for citizens and slaves with the wealthier people uh, in their society more times than not putting up their slaves to take the punishment for them. Which is, you know, not only are you a slave, but God, now you have to like, I don't know, like suffer because like your master broke the law, like even more. That's wild. Yeah. You're compiling like, Unfair with unfair with unfair. Yeah. It just doesn't seem right at all. Yeah. Well, in uh, 46 BC, the Roman Empire was going strong and they were also fans of torture. They defined tortured by an activity defined for the sake of judicial information. Unlike the Greeks, uh, they didn't discriminate when it came to who could be tortured. They tortured men, women, free people, and slaves. I believe they were some of the first groups to uh, persecute people for their religious belief, uh, more specifically Christians. They were big fans of torturing them in public as a deterrent to joining the Christian religion. They basically wanted to like send a message, like do not convert to this religion. Yeah. So the Romans, they were big fans of crucifying people. Now, when you think of crucifying people, you think of you know, like Jesus on the cross. Mm-hmm. But the practice of crucifying someone came before Jesus and was developed by the Persians in 300 BC. And fun fact, the word excruciating is derived from the word crucifixion because it's such a slow and painful way to die. Some of the first known trials were called trial by ordeal, and this was when you were questioned about the crime. So to determine if you were telling the truth or if you were lying, you'd have your arm be submerged up to the elbow in boiling hot water and held there for whatever amount of time they wanted or they thought was necessary. Three days later, they came by to look at your arm, and if it was healing, then you're good. You're telling the truth. God has blessed you with this really fast healing because you're not a sinner. But if it looked like bad or infected, then you were definitely a liar and you should die for your crimes. That ended in the 13th century. Yeah, good. Yeah. (laughs) So thank God they don't do that anymore. Yeah, no kidding. So now in the 14th century, they still had trials, 
but they didn't stick your boiling, like your arm in boiling water. They didn't make you walk through hot coals or like hold on to like a hot iron rod. Mm -hmm. Now they made you plead guilty or not guilty for the crimes charged against you. But if you didn't plead either guilty or not guilty, they took you downstairs in the dungeon, tied you up spread eagle on the floor with a board placed on your chest. And then they would slowly add weights until you made your plea. Mm -hmm. This era was also a big fan of branding your crimes on you. And the brand would most often be placed on the right palm. So you'd have like an A for an adulterer, B for uh, like blasphemy or an R for like a robber. And you know how like in modern day courts now they're like, you know, raise your hand and swear to tell the truth, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That is actually where that comes from. Because when, like like back in the 14th century, when they would have their trials, they'd tell you to raise your right hand because they wanted to see if you had been branded or not. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, so that carried on into today. Like, what if they, what if they still branded people today? Do you think people would commit as many crimes? I don't know. Like, use it as, like, a deterrent? Like, Yeah. I'm not saying that people, like, that we should do that, but it's just, like, I wouldn't want to be branded. And if someone does commit a crime, um, can they change? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying, would that be a deterrent? I feel like it might be. Something to think about, right? I wouldn't want to be branded for anything. That would hurt. Yeah, same. (laughs) So so now we move on to the most notorious torture period of all. Everybody knows this one. It's like the Inquisition in the Middle Ages. Mm -hmm. And that's probably the most popular like era of torture that people know about given all their little devices and inventions they had. Um, But torture didn't end in the middle ages. It's like in the 17th century when the pilgrims went to America, you know, they were away from Britain, the people in charge there, they ran their own colonies, however they wanted. And they were really up in everyone's personal business. And they would frequently use public punishment as a means of deterrence. And you could be punished for literally anything, having sex, gossiping, not going to church, being lazy, not pulling your weight in the colony. And they doled out these punishments like left and right. Mm -hmm. So women who would talk too much, they had to wear something called a scolds bridle. And it was like this metal contraption that would like go over the top of their head. And it had this little like metal piece that was inserted into their mouth. So if they attempted to talk, it would lacerate their tongue. Their husbands would also attach a chain to that bridle and they would like parade them around town. Oh, and like, and like the worst part about it, I mean, obviously getting your tongue like cut would suck, but they had like this like little rod on top of it and on the rod was a bell. So every time you moved, the bell would ring and it would like draw people's attention to you. So that was just like another shame. Sinister. Wow. Isn't it like weird? Like the things they came up with. Yeah. It's kind of, it's like fucked up. Um, so, you know, in addition to the school's bridal, which was primarily used for women, um, they also were really big fans of like the stocks and pillories Mm -hmm. and the stocks were often located right in the middle of the town square. And the townspeople would be encouraged to throw like rocks and other objects at them, which this is totally not like related to it at all. But like 
you know how like when uh, you see like in movies or cartoons or whatever, like people throwing tomatoes at people who are performing. Yeah. For whatever reason, that that stuck out in my head, just yeah. like throwing things at people. So I got curious and looked it up because uh-huh. I never, never knew what it was about. But I found out that tomatoes were seen as like a poor quality. And so throwing them at, you know, whoever was performing would represent that. Like they're not good. You don't like their work. And I also saw that people used to think tomatoes were poisonous. Yeah, well, with all the pesticides and stuff they use nowadays, yeah, maybe they, they still are. are. <laughs> but the stalks, um, if you've ever just bent over and are doing something for a significant amount of time, you know how like painful like your lower oh, back yeah. it can be. It can like, you know cinch up or whatever yeah and they'd Um, be left out there for days right just bent in like Mm -hmm. what like a 90 degree angle yeah because it's like their head is in the one hole yeah and then the their arms are in the other two holes i think those are because there's a difference between like the pillory and the stocks one of them you like sit on this bench Mm -hmm. and your feet are put into these holes kind of but like I can't remember which one is which, but the one like where you're just like hanging there, yeah, that would speak. that's the stocks, yeah. Um, but did, I wonder if they fed him or like how do you you just like relieve yourself on on yourself? Yeah, and no, all that? that's part of the humiliation. Yeah, um, <clears throat> excuse me. They um, some people would take like pity on them and feed them, or mm-hmm. but other than that, you didn't get food, you didn't get a bathroom break, you were and there. You're just out in the elements too. Yeah, man, yeah. that's so cruel. Some people would feel bad for them. And, you know, if depending on the crime, whether and like whether the townspeople thought they were innocent or guilty, mm-hmm. uh, if people like in the town thought that they were innocent, they would throw flowers instead of rocks, kind of like a, a fuck you to the, mm-hmm. you know, HBICs. And that's wild. I wonder how long like, they're left there. I don't know. I couldn't find anything on that, but I was pretty sure it's like days. Yeah. Just sounds so uncomfortable. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to move into the methods of torture. And we're going to start off with flogging, which is also known as whipping or caning. Mm Mm-hmm. Historically, it was mostly used for people of lowborn status and was often done in public. And the majority of things that we're going to talk about today, they are done in public. I believe we're going to talk about the Iron Maiden. I don't, that one is like probably in a dungeon somewhere. Yeah. But a lot of this is very much shame and deterrence. Mm-hmm. So they had different implements that they used for this particular form of torture. Most of the time, a whip was used or some kind of cane but the ancient romans their tool of choice was called a flagellum and that is long oxide strips and they were either knotted or weighted with slivers of bone metal balls or hooks and it kind of looks like a cat of nine tails Mm -hmm. the japanese uh they had a different approach they used three links of bamboo bound together and then the Russians, they would use a knout. And that was, and this one is honestly sounds like the worst. That one was a couple of like hardened and dried like strips of rawhide that was interwoven with wire. 
and the wires were like hooked and sharpened so that every time they hit you, it tore your flesh. And then if that isn't like painful enough, they would pour salt into your lacerations. If you've ever had like just like a paper cut or something and then worked with like, you know, you're cooking at home or something, you have salt and lemon and yeah, any kind of citrus or anything. It's just like, not excruciating, but you know it's there. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you know, so, but sometimes to me, paper cuts, when that happens, that's worse than, yeah. you know, being like actually cut. Yeah. Excuse me. I'm going to pass out real quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't like, <laughs> you don't like that. I don't like cuts like that. <laughs> so moving on to Henry VIII, he was the founder of the Act Against Vagrants in the 1530s. And that act stated that vagrants were to be carried to some market town nearby and they're tied to an end of a cart naked and beaten with whips throughout the town till the body shall be bloody by reason of such whipping and vagrants included everyone men women and also people that they considered insane and it wasn't like okay you stole something so you get 10 lashes it was they would whip you as many times as they could while going throughout the town and it could be for anything from stealing all the way up to blasphemy and uh, for also being a quote unquote whore. So. In 1736, a gravedigger in East London was sentenced to a flogging for the crime of stealing bodies and selling them to a surgeon. Through the town, the residents were so pissed that he defiled people's graves because that was a big thing back then with grave robbing and uh, people, I believe, especially in this time, they were terrified to have their bodies defiled after death. Some people would use, like another form of torture I read about was people would experiment on their bodies after they died. Mm -hmm. And people at this time were, that was like their worst nightmare. So this guy... You know, he's going through the town. He's super, like, beaten down. Like, all the townspeople are pissed. that, And they were pissed off enough that they paid the executioner to walk extra slow through town so he would receive, like, hundreds of lashes. Another guy, he was whipped for stealing radishes. And women were usually whipped for adultery or prostitution. Margaret Warlock was one of those women, and she was flogged in 1640 for fornication. And then after her, we have Mary Fisher and Elizabeth William, and they were flogged in 1653 at a market in Cambridge for being whores. And there's actually like fairly recent cases of flogging, too. On January 9, 2015, a Saudi Saudi activist, uh, Rafe Badawi, he was flogged the first 50 out of a thousand lashes in public for the crime of insulting Islam through electronic channels. Thankfully, in the year 2020, they abolished flogging as a form of punishment, though. But even more recent than that, there was a flogging that happened in, I believe it was 2021, where this guy named Hadi Rustami, he was incarcerated at the Yermiah, I think I I said that right, prison. It's a prison in the like Iran, Iran's West Azerbaijan province. And in 2019, he was convicted of robbery. 
And from what I read, he had like a super unfair trial and they tortured him and like they tortured him just terribly to get a confession. And a lot of times that will lead to like a false confession just because you want them to stop. Yeah. They'll say anything. Yeah. I've always thought that like any kind of torture, I just don't see how, I don't know. You basically say anything to have anyone stop, right? Well, absolutely. If someone's like beating the shit out of me, I'm going to tell you whatever you want to hear. Cause I don't want that to happen anymore. Yeah. I just don't know if that's the correct way to go about it. Yeah. Well, he goes through his trial. He was given his time and he was sentenced to have four of his fingers cut off. So while he was in prison, he held a peaceful uh, protest because the conditions in this prison were just shit and really, really gross. And all he did was stop eating. And their response to his peaceful protest was to flog him 60 times. So while everything we've just talked about sucked completely, I found a type of flogging done in Asia that I think would be just as awful. And it's called the bastinado. And that is where the convicted person is tied up and hit with a light rod or knotted cord on the soles of their feet. Oh, yeah. And the reason they hit the feet is because it would sensitize the soles of your foot so much so that each lash makes a wave of pain travel up your whole body. I can imagine. And just the aftermath. I mean. You can't walk. You have to walk, right? After that, it's like, man. The gift that keeps on giving, I guess. (laughs) Okay, so now we move on to death by a thousand cuts, also known as Ling Chi. This was used as a form of execution from the 7th century all the way up to 1905 when they made it illegal. Ling Chi translate loosely to slow slicing or lingering death, and most famously, death by a thousand cuts. The guilty party would be tied to a post and then the executioner would begin to cut the person's flesh, starting at the chest where they would remove the breast and muscle of the chest until the ribs were visible. They would then move on to the arms and cut away large chunks before moving on to the thighs and doing the same thing there. Ears, nose, fingers, and also your nipples were severed. Um... The person would obviously die after this, and once that happened, they were decapitated, and they had their limbs cut off and put into a basket. And they did this because of the Confucian belief that you shouldn't mutilate your body, and it was like a final fuck you to them. Okay, so in 1905, I'm, I'm I looked up how to pronounce this, but I just, I still can't figure it out. It's okay. People know how we pronounce things around here. It's it's bad. I even went like, I usually Google it too, so Mm -hmm. that I can like watch a little YouTube video, but I think it was Bao Chu Li. He suffered this brutal death and it was actually caught on film. And it was said that he was convicted of murdering his master, who was a Mongolian prince. So similar to Ling Chi is flaying in the Middle Ages. The executioner would take a small knife and cut the accused person's skin off. And what makes this just so much more horrific is that they would start at your face and work your way down. Most victims died before they got to their waist. Yeah, I can imagine. 
So now we have the Iron Maiden. This one originated in Europe. So picture like an upright, like coffin sarcophagus Mm -hmm. with inward facing spikes. The person that's been accused is put into this coffin like metal box. And then the lid is closed. The spikes in the inside are designed to penetrate your body, but not enough to kill you. Just enough to make you absolutely miserable and make you die in a very long, slow, drawn out way. Some people think that this one never existed. Like it's kind of a myth. But a document dated in 1515 was found and it read, The door shut slowly so that the very sharp points penetrated his arms and his legs in several places and his belly and his chest and his bladder at the root of his member and his eyes and his shoulders and his buttocks, but not enough to kill him. And so he remained, making great cry of lament for two days after which he died. It's a slow death for sure. Yeah. So now we move on to penetration as a form of punishment. (laughs) Jesus. Okay. So the device that they used for this one is called the pair of anguish or the choke pair. And this was used extensively in early modern Europe. So imagine a pear, right? The fruit. Mm-hmm. And it's got a screw on top of it, but it's all made of metal. So the pear part of the objects had like four sections that would open wider when the screw was turned. This object was inserted into either someone's mouth, vagina, or their asshole. Once inserted, they would turn the screw and the sections would expand, causing the sharp edges to lacerate the body internally. That is horrific. Like, I don't mean to laugh, but oh my God. No, I know. Like, and the crazy thing is, like, people pay good money for that these days. <laughs> That's the crazy part. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Certainly, they would not want their insides lacerated. It's just before. You got to get just to that. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's also another form of penetrative torture that I found. And the most common torture reported by Allied soldiers imprisoned in Japanese camps in World War II. Um, The security forces there were torturing prisoners by putting little spikes underneath their nails of their fingers or toes, and then holding them to a slow-moving electric fan. Yeah. Which, I don't know if you've ever read anything about, like, the torture during World War II, like, from the Japanese, but I read a little bit into that, and it is so bad. Yeah. So, so bad. Yeah. Okay, well, moving on from penetrative torture, now we're to the rack. Um, the accused was tied to a board, kind of like a bed frame by the wrist and ankles. And it had two rollers on that turned in opposite directions. So it would stretch your body to a breaking point. It would basically pop your hips, knees, shoulders, and elbows out of place and would sometimes tear your limbs from your body. And sometimes if they really wanted a confession out of you, they would poke you with hot torches or candles to kind of like up the pain factor. 
The earliest use of the rack is believed to be when Emperor Nero ruled, and he used it to extract the names of people who tried to assassinate him in 65 AD. And it made its debut in the Tower of London around 1420 by the Duke of Exeter, John Holland. So this one's been around for a while. Mm -hmm. In Russia, they had uh, their own kind of special torture rack. Theirs was kind of like a contraption thing that was like used to suspend the accused in the air while their hands were bound. So like just kind of like something that like lifted you up into the air. Yeah. Um, From there, you were either whipped or burned. In France, um, they updated their torture rack by putting spiked rollers under the person's spine while they were laying down on it. And the Knights of Templar, they really got it bad after they lost favor with the crown. They would be suspended while they were completely naked with their hands like tied above their head. They were then hoisted into the air with a pulley system and had weights tied to their feet. After they would let them hang there for a while, they would be dropped. But right before their feet would touch the ground, they would be yanked back up in the air. This resulted in their joints dislocating and sometimes their limbs would be torn from their body. And now um, we're going to talk about rats. Live rats. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing until I started researching this and it was disturbing. Yeah. I've actually heard about this. It's wild what they do. Oh God. Well, this particular form of torture originated in ancient Rome. And for this one, what they did was they'd get a bucket of rats and starve them for a while. Mm -hmm. Then they would take that bucket of rats and put it on like, like turn it upside down on the accused person's torso. They would heat up the bucket. Obviously, the bucket is hot and the rats start looking for a way out to escape. They can't chew through metal. So the only thing left for them to do is start chewing, like chewing through that person's body. Yeah. So this idea eventually made its way to medieval Germany and they upgraded the bucket to a metal cage. And then they came up with the idea to tie their victim to the chair and put the metal cage of rats on their face and starve the rats and leave them in there until they ate your face. And if that's not wild enough for you, sometimes they would cut holes in your torso and stuff live rats in there. And another thing that's really crazy is there are documented cases of rat torture from not that long ago. So the South, Amer- South American military dictatorships in Brazil, uh, they used it from 1964 to 1985. Argentina was 1976 to 1983. And also in Chile from 1973 to 1990. That did, that's not that long ago. No, not really. And... To really, like, just drive this whole rat thing home. During the war in Argentina from 1976 to 1983, they would take rats and use tubes to guide the rats into your vagina or rectum. Yeah. Yeah. It's gruesome to think about. It is. Like, just the visual that that paints for me is... 
Yeah, well, not only are they chewing, but they're clawing, and just rats aren't small either. It's not a mouse. I know, aren't rats rat. like this big? They're like, gigantic, they're, yeah. way bigger than, yeah, God. way bigger than a mouse. So next uh, is the bronze bowl. And this was invented by second century BCE Greek inventor by the name of Paralos. This device was a life-sized, like, bronze bull. So, like, you've seen a bull before. They're huge. Mm -hmm. It was that big. The inside was hollow. And that was because that was where the uh, accused person was would be held. So a fire was then lit under the bull, and then it would cook the victim alive. And... Another like terrifying aspect of this bronze bull is it had like this system of like little pipes in it Mm -hmm. and like it would come like the little pipes would come out of the bull's mouth. So whenever the person inside was being burned alive there, they would scream obviously and their screams like would travel through the pipe and it would sound like, like it, like the bull was making a noise. Uh Uh-huh. Like mooing, or I don't know what it, what it's called. Right. Yeah. Um, but that like, that would be awful too because that thing is so hot. There's no way to go. Like nowhere you can't climb up the sides of it because the whole thing's hot. Like you're just melting in there. Yeah, and it's not even like there's no fire on the inside, so you're just being like. Scalded, like scalded, scorched. Yeah, you know, I don't know. It seems like it would take a long time. Like, yeah, it's like you're being cooked. Yeah, yeah, awful. So, Perilous, he was really proud of himself for this invention. So he took it to the emperor and tyrant Phalaris, and Phalaris was like, "This is really cool. You know, this is a great invention." So, you know, he gave him his praises. He was like, "Thanks so much for inventing this. Now get in." And he ordered Perilous to be placed inside the bowl and burned alive because he could think of no better fitting end for the inventor. That's kind of fucked up. I know, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. So, now we're going to do being hanged, drawn, and quartered. Also just known as drawn and quartered. Mm Mm-hmm. So this was like the supreme punishment for men in England who had been convicted of high treason. The accused was tied to a sled and was drawn through the streets of the city by horse to the execution site. Once he was there, he was hung, and then right before he lost consciousness, he would be cut down. Once he was down, they then cut off his penis and testicles. And then right after that, they would cut open his stomach, reach in there with their bare hands, and pull out his intestines. Then they would start a little fire and burn all of that right in front of him. The rest of the organs were then torn out of his body and he was decapitated. And to finally bring this whole shit show to an end, Ropes would be tied and secured to both like his arms and legs, mm-hmm. where he would then be pulled apart into four quarters. The body parts would be displayed publicly as a warning to all. And they'd drag him like in different towns and just leave him there. 
Uh, William Wallace, he made uh, this form of uh, torture pretty popular. And in 1606, Guy Fawkes and his co-conspirators were condemned to suffer. His head and the heads of those executed with him were displayed on the London Bridge. And then his body parts were put in different towns as well. Moving on to the breaking wheel, also known as the Catherine wheel. So this one originated in ancient Greece, but was most popular in medieval France and Germany. It was usually used for people convicted of crimes against religion. The name uh, Catherine Wheel comes from a woman named Catherine of Alexandria, also known as St. Catherine, since she was canonized by the church. So the story goes that she was either like a princess or a daughter of a wealthy government official in Egypt. And at the age of 14, she had a vision of Jesus and converted to Christianity. She then spent the next four years of her life studying religion. And then at 18, she went to Emperor Maxentius because he had been persecuting Christians left and right. And she wanted him to know that she didn't agree, you know, with what he was doing. Uh So surprisingly, instead of executing her right on the spot, he ordered 50 of his best philosophers and scholars to come and date, like debate her. and. So she's like winning this debate and he's, you know, reading the room and he's like, people are starting to convert to Christianity. This is not good. Uh So he orders like the people who converted to Christianity, he orders her them put to death. And then he takes her and um, puts her in like a little prison and sentence her, sentence her to death as well. It's also rumored that his wife, Valeria, converted to Christianity, so he killed her too. So Catherine's waiting in prison to be put to death, and the emperor is like, okay, one last chance. Marry me, and all this stops. And she's like, no way. I'm sleeping with Jesus. I'm not marrying you. Mm-hmm. I'm kidding. What she actually said was she's married to Jesus Christ and that her virginity is dedicated to him. Oh, uh, so, okay. Gotcha. Same thing. So anyway, the emperor is even more angry. And so she's taken out to the wheel. But when she touches it, the wheel shatters. He then orders her to be beheaded. And the legend says that just before Catherine had her head cut off, she ordered her own execution to start. Just like, get on with it. Cut my head off. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of this. Yeah. So this device was a large wooden wagon wheel that would sometimes have spikes on the outside of it. After sentencing, the convicted was led to the execution site and stripped naked. They were then strapped to the spokes of the wheel by their feet being threaded through the spokes. They were then beaten with an iron bar until every bone in their body was broken. Since this was public, like pretty much all executions, um, the wheel was like kind of propped up so the crowd could get a better view of whoever was being beaten to death. Mm -hmm. And sometimes to kind of up the torture of all of it, the wheel was placed over a fire or a bed of nails. And then sometimes like if they didn't die, like right away, sometimes the executioner, you know, he was tired or, you know, because that's, I'm sure that would take a lot of work beating the shit out of somebody like that. Yeah, for sure. He would just put the victim out of their misery with a series of blows to their chest, which... 
you know, vital organs. Mm-hmm. So recorded in a journal written by executioner Franz Schmidt, he wrote that on October 1589, that a man was convicted of shooting his father. And he said, quote, on this account, he was let out in a wagon here. His body nipped thrice with red hot tongues, a polite way of describing the tearing off of your flesh. And afterwards, executed with the wheel, two of his limbs first shattered with it and finally exposed on it. And uh, that's the end of Torture and Punishment. Wild. Like, if you, out of all these different torture methods, uh, which one would you prefer if you had to go through it? If I had to? Yeah. Like, they gave you a choice. You committed, you know, they gave you a death sentence. You committed all these crimes. What would you choose? If I had to be, like, am I being tortured for information or am I being put to death? Put to death. Put to death. Yeah. I would want to get it over with as quickly as possible. So I would choose to be beheaded, but with a sword, not with an axe, because a lot of the times it takes, it would take like a couple blows for your head to actually come off. Yeah. And it, cause like the first blow would usually just like break your neck Mm -hmm. and then they'd have to chop you a couple more times. Yeah. And I read this thing about Amber Lynn she um like she was beheaded and what was she like uh king henry the eighth's one of his wives or something was it the eighth i'm not certain well anyway Anne berlin she was beheaded right and i'm i'm fairly certain they used a sword with her because it was really quick so the executioner you know after he cut your head off they would all like pick it up and show it to the crowd yeah i read that her eyes were still blinking and her mouth was moving I, and, and that got me thinking, like, does it, are you still thinking at that point? Like, holy shit, my head just got cut off. Or is it just like maybe an involuntary movement because like your brain hasn't caught up with like your body dying or. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've seen like snakes, you know, they get their head cut off and they're still like moving mm-hmm. and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Octopus, I'd- things like that. They still move. I don't know. Yeah, sword to the neck for me. Make it quick. What about you? Yeah, something in that nature. I mean, I wouldn't want, like, the Iron Maiden, which took a couple days. Like, that's a Mm -hmm. no-go. I don't know. Yeah, sword sounds pretty good. I mean, there's no good way to be killed, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, to choose. What quicker, what, better. what do you think would be like the worst torture? I mean, they all suck. Yeah, there's but... not a good one by any means. Um, uh, the rat seems pretty <laughs> yeah. crazy just to be chewed on. I mean, it would take a while. And I'm I'm scared of rats and like I'm scared of all like small tiny animals like yeah. rodents and mm-hmm. stuff. So I think the rats would probably be a big no for me too. Um, because you also have like the fear of being tortured and then I have a fear of rats and then just slowly eating through your body. Right. It wouldn't be a quick death at all. No, not at all. So Ugh. So that's uh that's all for today. Yeah. Hope you guys liked it. Yeah, that was a that was a weird one for sure. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I will see you guys later. Thanks Bye. for listening. Yep.